we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday already, a long weekend. Joe Biden actually didn't go to Delaware this weekend. I know, hard to believe, right? He actually thought that the biggest foreign policy crisis in the history of the country, or at least in uh, in our lifetimes, even though that's happening, and also that we abandoned thousands of Americans in a foreign country to a hostile enemy, uh, you know, he decided he didn't need to go to the beach this weekend. Maybe he just forgot. He just forgot that he had a place in uh, Delaware. Regardless, uh, welcome to the show. There is much to get to today. Donald Trump's rally in Alabama was epic this weekend, and it starts the beginning of a new movement in the country. It's not about making America great again. It is about saving America. It is about saving America. If you don't think that right now we are under attack internally and externally, then you're not paying attention. Okay? You are not paying attention. If I were going to distill the events of the last week into like an espresso shot, it would be that Joe Biden made the conscious effort and action to leave Americans stranded in a foreign country to an enemy. Joe Biden stranded thousands of Americans in Afghanistan. Joe Biden abandoned our allies there. Joe Biden made a unilateral decision for hundreds of thousands of people, including people who aren't from the United States, to withdraw and put them in harm's way. He owns it, and no matter of of semi-lucid press conferences are going to change it. I'm going to get to some of the things the president said on Friday and some of the things that the president said on uh, yesterday, actually. He actually spoke to the press yesterday, took a few more of these, uh, you know, prepared uh, questions from uh, hand-selected reporters. But one of the reasons why we created this podcast was we wanted to make Newsmax portable. So you can listen to it at the gym or you can listen to your walk or while you're at work. And so that's why I'm recommending Raycon earbuds. Okay, Raycon earbuds. If you've been thinking about earbuds and you've got earbuds, I mean, everybody's got earbuds. I've got wired earbuds. I've got my Raycons. They start at half the price of the other premium audio brands. They sound just as good. They come with a 45-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So give them a try. Here's what you got to do. You just got to go to buyraycon.com slash Newsmax. B-U-Y-Raycon.com slash Newsmax, okay? And you could save uh, 15% on Raycons on top of the fact that they're already, (laughs) you know, about half the price of the other guys. All right, let's get right into the uh, the insanity, the uh, absolute 
abject failure of this president and what it's going to cost. Here is the president on Friday talking about the airport. Now, here's the here's the situation. The airport apparently is under control of American forces, but everything outside of the airport is not. And thousands of people are staying outside of the airport, trying to get to the airport, getting stopped on the way to the airports. Americans have been told to shelter in place and wait basically for their own deaths. 20 Afghanis were trampled to death outside the airport. Trampled to death, including children. Here's the president, and I want you to listen to this because I think I'm the only person who's caught this. Listen to the president being asked about the airport on Friday. Scott uh, Detrow, Scott, NPR. So you got Anthony Blinken and Kamala Harris standing behind this this buffoon, both of them looking like buffoons because they're wearing masks. He's not wearing a mask. Dear God. Thank you, Mr. President. I just want to follow up on something you said a moment ago. You said that there's no, no circumstances where American citizens cannot get to the airport. <laughs> That doesn't really square with the images we're seeing around the airport with the reporting on the ground from our colleagues who are describing chaos and violence. Are you saying unequivocally that any American who wants to get to the airport is getting there and getting past the security barrier and to the planes where they Uh, want to go? Now, now, he said last week, the president said that Americans would be able to get to the airport. They had guarantees from the Taliban that Americans could get to the airport. Now he has abandoned that stance like he abandoned Americans in Afghanistan. But the question was, how can they get through to the airport outside the airport and the answer is see he's saying uh, you mean you mean uh how people outside of the airport can get into the airport meaning the gates that's what he's saying it's not about getting to the airport he's talking about just getting through the gate best of our knowledge the taliban checkpoints they are letting through people showing american passports that's a lie now, that's a different question when they get in the rush and crowd of all the folks just outside the wall near the airport. That's why we had to, I guess, yet was it yesterday, the day before, we went over the wall and brought in how many? 169 Americans. So it is a process to try to figure out how we... How we um, deal with it is a process that should have been investigated before you decided to pull out completely of afghanistan and leave americans there here is an abc news report about no escape there's no escape possible for americans right now we received this audio message from a trapped teacher a u.s permanent resident who says even with the proper paperwork he couldn't get through for his safety, we're not naming him. It is insane. There are people holding their American passports. There are people that work with the Americans, uh, and uh, they're not letting anyone... I thought you all, all you had to do was wave a passport. Joe Biden says all you got to do is wave a passport. And we are in huge danger, and we need help. And with tens of thousands of Americans and Afghans who've helped the U.S. desperate to get out... Here is uh, Clarissa Ward. She's with CNN. She's the one who put the burqa on and said that the Taliban were chanting death to America, but they were largely very friendly. Here she is admitting the failure of the Biden administration. These kids behind me sleeping on the gravel on a piece of cardboard box are the lucky ones because there are many others, thousands of them, just outside the front perimeter, which I saw with my own eyes, with Taliban fighters beating them, with mothers throwing their babies, trying to get them inside the airport compound. It is just a picture of desperation, 
of failure as well. Failure to protect our allies. Failure to plan for this eventuality. Did you hear what she just said? This is a CNN reporter. The airport compound. It is just a picture of desperation, of failure as well. Failure to protect our allies. Failure to plan for this eventuality. And I think everybody here understands that no one could have predicted how quickly things would unravel, but still. Well, you'd think our intelligence community would because that's what they're paid to do. Talking to the people all day as we have, there's a lot of heartache too. And there's a lot of bitterness that every eventuality wasn't planned for. Yep, 100%. All he wanted was the checkbox of getting us out of Afghanistan. Here is a defense spokesperson, John Kirby, being questioned about Joe Biden last week saying that there was no al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, which was a lie. What is your current estimate for how many al-Qaeda are inside Afghanistan? I haven't seen an, an estimate on that. I, 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 okay, I, I don't know that we have an exact estimate. Military intelligence estimates about how many al-Qaeda remain in Afghanistan. We know that al-Qaeda is a presence as well as ISIS in Afghanistan, and we've talked about that uh, for quite some time. We do not believe... The president said they weren't there. ...it is exorbitantly high, but we don't have an exact figure for you. As I think you might understand, Jen, it's not like they, they carry identification cards and register somewhere. We don't have a, a, a perfect picture. And our ability... Uh, our intelligence gathering ability in Afghanistan isn't what it used to be because we aren't there in the same with the same numbers. That Maybe we- if we had uh, Bagram Air Force Base there still, you might have some intelligence there. Yeah, we certainly don't have any intelligence in Washington, D.C. Here is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene saying that she has introduced articles of impeachment against the president. And I sincerely hope that he is. It's shameful. It's shameful. And for that reason, I want to announce that I have filed articles of impeachment on Joe Biden. And the crowd goes wild. should be impeached for dereliction of duty on the southern border and to our armed forces, our NATO allies, and our citizens in Afghanistan. Here's Joni Ernst to Friday morning uh, talking to Rob Finnerty on Wake Up America. He is now referencing this as Americans being involved in an Afghan civil war is absolutely incorrect. He's trying to change history. American troops were there to fight against the terrorists. It was a counterterrorism movement by the United States. He is trying to basically defame our American soldiers for their involvement in protecting the United States by saying that this is a civil war. He is absolutely incorrect. And I can't believe that he is doing this to our American troops who have served honorably for the past 20 years. He should be saying thank you to these men and women for protecting our homeland admirably. Yeah. The hardest pill to swallow is the fact that 20 years, 20 years of our lives have been invested in. For those who were adults in 2001, um, in this country, in Afghanistan, in what we were there for right now in america everything that we hold sacred has been attacked in the last two years by the left and by the democrat party our flag 
our anthem, our history, our police. Everything we hold sacred has been under attack from the left in this country. On 9-11, the day after 9-11, we were united. We looked at our first responders proudly. We looked at our history proudly. For decades, we stood for the national anthem when we teared up when the anthem played because it meant something. And the Democrat Party, who has, I would say, sold their soul, but the Democrat Party really has never had one. And they were silent through it all. Charities have been started for Afghan war veterans and Iraq war veterans. There are countless events and fundraisers for those who have been injured, no longer to work, able to work. I have a friend named Paul Chapa. He's got a, a charity he started. It's called Friends in Service of Heroes, Fish. And he gives uh, service dogs, trained service dogs to veterans who need them. Whether that's dealing with PTSD or not being able to function fully and needing help in case of medical emergency. He also gives track wheelchairs to veterans who've been uh, rendered unable to walk or function in many ways physically. And so these track wheelchairs are about $20,000 and he gives them to them and it changes their lives like you would never believe. They can hunt and fish and go in the woods and go off the trail, go off the sidewalk, off the handicap ramp. And it was all because of what happened since 9-11. And Joe Biden makes it just go away. Here he is slurring his way through his speech on Friday. And and the reason why I bring this up is because um, less than 40% of U.S. voters think Joe Biden is in charge. Rasmussen says this survey comes two days after the Reuters Ipsos poll found that Biden's approval numbers dipped by seven percentage points, hit its lowest level so far after the Taliban took Afghanistan following the U.S. troop withdrawal. 52%. How confident are you that Joe Biden is physically and mentally up to the job of being president? 52% said not very. 11% said not at all. Here he is Friday. Listen. Our Afghan allies and citizens of our, our, our allies who went in with us. You know, I, I talk. I talk to our commanders on the ground there every single day. Sure you do. As I just did a few hours, an hour or so ago. And I made it clear to them. We'll get them whatever they need to do the job. We don't believe you. They're performing to the highest standard under extraordinarily difficult and dynamic circumstances. Our NATO allies are strongly standing with us. No, they're not, actually. That's a lie. Their troops keeping sentry alongside ours in Kabul, as is the case whenever I deploy our troops into harm's way. I take that responsibility seriously. <laughs> I carry. Is this why you've been on vacation for the last week? That burden every day. <laughs> Just oh, as I Lord. did when I was vice president and my son was deployed to Iraq for a year. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even know that the other day. You didn't even know where he was uh, uh, deployed the other day in a presser. Oh, here he is being asked about his own incompetence. And then a question on the public response. A new poll out today shows Americans wanted to withdraw from Afghanistan. But they disapprove of the way you've handled it. Paul also found that based in part on what's transpired last week, a majority of Americans, and forgive me, I'm just the messenger, no longer consider you to be competent, focused, or effective in the job. Wow. I haven't seen that poll. It's out there. We have Um, it, yeah. We have it. CBS this morning. Um, (laughs) What would you say to those Americans who no longer believe that you're to the job? I had a basic decision to make. I either withdraw 
America from a 20-year war that depending who's... It's not about withdrawing, you fool. It's about how you do it. Analysis you accept cost us $150 million a day for 20 years or $300 million a day for 20 years. Who, and I, you know I carry this card to me every day, and who, in fact, uh, where we lost... Yeah, you also carry a card with you. It says, if lost, call Jill Biden. 1,448 Americans dead and 20,722 wounded. Either increase the number of forces we keep, we keep there and keep that going. All right, end the war. And you did it in the most profoundly wrong way possible. Now, you just mentioned the uh, the allies. They're all friends and everything, right? They're, they're all cool with us. They're standing century. And, and everybody is down with uh, the United States and their decision. Not so much according to CNN and uh, Susan Glasser. The president said that he sees no uh, evidence, uh, no question of U.S. credibility around the world. How is this resonating? Uh, and does that reconcile with what we're hearing from world leaders? Well, again, just as Clarissa gave that very powerful example just now, the difference between ground truth and Washington truth when it comes to the conditions at the airport, uh, I was I was a little surprised to hear that assertion by President Biden that uh, you know European allies hadn't questioned the decision and that uh, it wasn't an issue of U.S. credibility in the world. I think you know you need look only uh, as far as what the Chinese uh, state media outlets are saying about this to understand uh, that there is a certain credibility blow. We've seen comments from allies and partners uh, in Germany and the UK and elsewhere strongly critical not only of the decision but but ex- worrying about exactly that sub Yep, there you go. So yeah, uh, just completely blew up the narrative that Joe Biden was trying to spin during the uh, the presser. In just a second, I'm going to share some of Donald Trump's incredible speech in Alabama over the weekend and a, a new American movement that is taking over. Uh, in July and, and June, consumer prices soared by 5.4%. By the way, inflation is the highest it's been since 1974. Okay? It's here. Have you protected your savings? If they're all tied to the dollar in stocks, bonds, or cash, the answer is no. Birch Gold Group is offering you an opportunity to hedge against inflation by diversifying a portion of your nest egg into physical precious metals. Wouldn't that be nice? You can convert your IRA or eligible 401k to an IRA-backed gold and silver. That's right. With a simple move, you can convert your existing retirement savings that are tied to the stock market into tax-sheltered retirement account with physical precious metals. It is your hedge against inflation. Now, you can contact the Birch Gold Group to request a free information kit on physical precious metals. See if diversifying into gold makes sense for you. A 20-page comprehensive kit reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can legally move your IRA or 401k out of stocks and bonds and into precious metals. They have a five-star A-plus rating with the BBB. And if you would like to get your no-cost obligation kit, here's what you got to do. You got to text Newsmax to 989-898. Okay? Text Newsmax to 989-898. For a limited time, see how you can qualify up to, for up to $10,000 in free precious metals with your purchase. Text Newsmax. Again, here's the number, 989-898. And thank you to Birch Gold for being a, a sponsor of this broadcast. Before I go to President Trump, I want you to hear from a woman who's trapped in Afghanistan. She is a mother. She sounds very young. She's an American. 
This is the most profound thing I heard all weekend and, and all last week. Listen to the desperation in her voice. She has been abandoned by our country into the hands of a group of individuals who think that women and girls are the spoils of war. Here are her words. <laughs> hour by hour, it's getting more difficult. Even when the cars pass by, I feel like they're going to stop by the door and they're the Taliban and they're going to come and kill us. I'm really scared. Please, just, please help me whenever it's the soonest. <laughs> I just want to reach out and grab her hand and pull her to safety. This is an American citizen abandoned by our president. Listen to this again. (laughs) Hour by hour, it's getting more difficult. Even when the cars pass by, I feel like they're going to stop by the door and they're the Taliban and they're going to come and kill us. I'm really scared. Please, just, please help me whenever it's the soonest. We have got to send in special forces now. We've got to send in special forces now and save our citizens. We, they deserve it. They have a right to it. Here is Donald Trump Saturday in Alabama talking about Afghanistan. It did not have to happen that way. This is not a withdrawal. This was a total surrender. This surrender for no reason. They weren't asking. We had them. I dealt with Abdul. He was the leader. I said, Abdul, anything happens, we are going to rain terror upon you. It will be a terrible thing. Don't touch our American citizens. Don't ever come to our country. Don't ever come to our country. And you're going to continue fighting your civil war. I can't do that. They've been fighting it for hundreds of years. That's what they do is they fight. And they're good fighters. But I had a good relationship other than that one statement. I said, after I said that, I said, now let's get down to business. And we had a conditions-based agreement. And they didn't meet the first two conditions. And we hit them hard. And then they met them. And then they had a couple. And then we blew up one of their, uh, one of their generals uh, at the airport in Baghdad. Remember that? Just, yeah, it was, a, it was, woo, it was like pieces of him were everywhere. And they went, okay, we're coming back to the table. Of other conditions that they were ready to meet. And then we had a rigged election and we had a new president. And the new president came into office and he dropped to his knees and he said, come on in and take everything that we have. This is a disgraceful thing. The most embarrassing thing that we've ever seen in this country. There's never been an embarrassment. And the nation's of the world, both friend and foe, are looking at us and saying, what the hell happened so quickly to the United States of America? They can't believe it. 100%. Oh, by the way, it's worse than we thought. The Taliban have seized control of 75,000 vehicles, 200 aircraft, 600,000 weapons, $85 billion in funding. 174 Humvees, 10,000 rockets, six light attack aircraft. That's what they thought last week. Well, these are the new figures. The worst nightmare possible for Afghan veterans and Gold Star families is coming true. The worst nightmare. 
they could possibly imagine is that the people who killed Americans and have waged war against Americans would be freed, would come back to Afghanistan, and would be in control of more territory than before 9-11. Taliban co-founder Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar arrived in Kabul on Saturday to start talks aimed at setting up a new government in Afghanistan. While he gained some credibility amid the negotiations in Qatar, Baradar has a brutal history that gained him the nickname Baradar the Butcher. Baradar arrived in Afghanistan Tuesday, landing first in Kandahar, the birthplace of the Taliban, before heading to Kabul for talks with other Taliban leaders and other Afghan politicians to form a new government. More than 200 released Guantanamo Bay prisoners have committed acts of terrorism and killed Americans since their release. And 151 of them are still on the run. President Biden reversed Trump's executive order to keep Guantanamo Bay open. Ghulam Rouhani was released in 2007 and was pictured in Afghan a presidential palace during the Taliban takeover. Karila Quark, I don't know his last name, was released in 2014 and he masterminded the Taliban's takeover of Kabul. He was traded for Bo Bergdahl. The worst nightmare that our troops, our veterans, and Gold Star families could possibly imagine is taking place right now. Here is Donald Trump talking about Joe Biden's utter incompetence. Remember when Biden used to go and say, like, he's in Iowa, and he'd say, it's great to be in Idaho. Sir, you're in Iowa. He would do this all the time. (laughs) He was in New Hampshire. Uh, It's great to be in Maine today. Sir, you're in New Hampshire. The worst was when he was in, he was in New York, and he said, it's great to be in Florida. There were no palm trees. (laughs) Great to be in Florida. He'd do that all the time. I've never done it yet. I've never done it. With all the speeches I've made, I was just saying, because I said Alabama, but I know exactly. I didn't have to think about it. It's called Alabama. I love Alabama. I've always loved Alabama. <laughs> now the president uh, they opened with uh, uh, George C. Scott in the epic monologue uh, from Patton, and I thought it was absolutely incredible. Here, uh, Trump is talking about um, uh, George Patton and our woke generals today. Do you think that General Patton was woke? I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? Mike, was he woke? I don't think so. I don't think he was too woke. He was the exact opposite. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke. Everything woke. It's true. Everything woke turns to shit. Okay? It's true. It's true. Look at what's happening. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. The line of the night right there. That was a line of the night. Wow, absolutely amazing. Here he is talking about the uh, the movement that is happening right now. The reason why between 50 and 80,000 people turned out in Alabama this weekend to see this man. There's never been a movement like this. And you know, it's funny, I say it a lot. And with the fake news, look at all of them back there. The fake news is back there. They never, ever question it. If I say something that's close to wrong, it's headline news. 
But I say this is the greatest rally in the history of our country. This is the greatest movement in the history of our country. There's never been anything like it. And it's probably the greatest movement in the history of our world. It's probably this movement. Call it Make America Great Again. Call it America First. Call it what you will. I believe it's the greatest movement probably in the history of the world. And it's just starting. And it will result in the downfall and the end of the Democrat Party as it is right now. And it will end up with Joe Biden being removed from office, whether that's by impeachment or whether that's by the 25th Amendment. It will. It will. Here's Representative Ronnie Jackson talking about Joe Biden and how he should be removed from office because of his mental state. He is the president right now, and it's time for him to go. And I honestly think that he will go. I huh? think that he'll resign, or I think his own party will remove him with the 25th Amendment as, as the days uh, advance, because there's just too much liability with this man. They, can, they can't cover for him anymore. Okay, so as we sit here today, you think the 25th Amendment will be invoked by the Democrats in Congress against Joe Biden? I absolutely... I absolutely think that's that's what's going to happen. I've been talking about this for about a year and a half. I've been saying, even when he was candidate Biden, that he wasn't cognitively fit to be our president. I'm telling you, as the days go on, it won't be Ronnie Jackson talking about it. It'd be the Democrats. Ronnie Jackson's a doctor. It's talking about it because he's failing on all fronts. And when he gets up in front of the camera, he's an absolute embarrassment. He is he is so unprepared for what's going on in this country. And, and every every time we're confronted with something like this, uh, it just becomes more and more okay. obvious that he cognitively cannot do this job and i think that at some point they will have to address that and they will have to take care of it 100 percent. coming up a, a former british commander in afghanistan is calling for joe biden's court martial you know sometimes you need music to pump you up sometimes you need to stay calm and, and you need the meditation i listen to music when i go to the gym and i go to the gym about about 45 minutes is my workout and i listen to music or i listen to you know podcasts maybe you listen to this podcast you should try it with Raycon earbuds. You really should. They come with a bunch of gel tips for your comfort, and unlike other brands, they don't stick out of your ears. Yeah. They have a 32-hour battery life. Unbelievable. So you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. And they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, and they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. So you really can't lose. Give them a try. You'll see what I mean now. Right now... My listeners can receive 15% off the already low price of Raycons. Just go to buyraycon.com slash Newsmax, buyraycon.com slash Newsmax. Get them and listen to the podcast when you're going on a walk or listen to the podcast when you're at work, maybe on a break. Okay, buyraycon.com slash Newsmax to save 15% on Raycons. Mark Levin talked to a former British commander in Afghanistan. He's calling for Joe Biden's court-martial for a number of reasons. Right now, terror is a bigger threat now than it was before September 11th. President Biden has just completely destroyed its credibility, totally destroyed it, uh, single-handed. And, you know, we're seeing we're, what we face now is a, a terrorist threat coming out of Afghanistan that is greater than the terrorist threat before 9-11. Jihadists around the world have been celebrating Listen to this. the events, and, and not least the president. Not the Do you remember on 9-11 when they did foreign reports and there were Islamists dancing in the street and they were handing out candy to children after the towers fell? Do you remember that? 
Deja vu all over again, kids. The jihadists, but the president of Pakistan, Imran Khan, who himself celebrated it. He should be celebrating because Pakistan significantly funded uh, the Taliban throughout the campaign, while at the same time being paid vast amounts of money by America and Britain. Yeah, we paid for it too. Here he is. Richard Kent talking about how terrorists are going to flock to Afghanistan. It is going to become a nest of the world's worst. They will operate freely. It doesn't matter what the Taliban say to you. They will allow the Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State to operate freely there. They will. And they can operate more freely than they could before 9-11 because they know there's no fear of Western intervention now. That, that's finished. That's history. That's not going to happen again. They know that. And so they'll be even bolder than before. And jihadists from around the world will flock into Afghanistan to train, prepare, and launch attacks against the West. So the, the state of the terrorist threat is higher than it was at the height of the Islamic State's power when they controlled large parts of Syria and of Iraq. The worst nightmare of veterans and Gold Star families is coming true right now. Here's a little bit more from uh, Richard Kent about how the president should not be impeached, but rather court-martialed. So the whole world just became vastly more dangerous. The U.S. government, the U.S. government, President Biden humiliated the United States. He humiliated the United States Army. In my opinion... He did. And I, I don't say this lightly, and I've never said it about anybody else, any other leader in this position. People have been talking about impeaching President Biden. I don't believe President Biden should be impeached. He's the commander-in-chief of the U.S. Armed Forces, who's just essentially surrendered to the Taliban. He shouldn't be impeached. He should be court-martialed for betraying the United States of America and the United States Armed Forces. I agree. I agree. Greg Kelly show on Friday, Sebastian Gorka. He had some, uh, some very choice words. This is epic, by the way. This is an epic mic drop with regard to uh, General Milley and our military leaders. First things first. Horsewhip Mark Milley, cashier him out of the army and put him in the brig. He is a disgrace to the uniform of the United States Army. Amen. This is a man who says he doesn't know what critical race theory is, but it's fine that it's being taught at West Point. He's a man who said on Capitol Hill, I'm white and I want to understand white rage. Well, Mark Milley, you disgrace to America. Perhaps you should find out a little bit more about jihadi rage. And I would say that to your face, you disgrace. You utter, utter disgrace to the uniform you wear. I've been in the sit room. I've been in Afghanistan. You've served with the SEALs. In 2006, I toured four different provinces in Afghanistan. I went to the military academy, our taxpayers built, and I got a lovely PowerPoint from the PAO saying, oh, this is how many NCOs we graduated. This is how many officers we graduated for the Afghan National Security Forces. Then I did a bit of digging around myself. And you know what I found out, Carl? I found out. He's talking to Carl Higby, by the way. That within six days of graduating, those Afghan so-called soldiers, when they picked up their last per diem in dollars, more than 40% of them disappeared back to their tribal areas. We trained the enemy that is now holding Bagram. I knew it in 2006. You knew it when you served. And if Biden didn't know it, it's mm -hmm. because he's bloody senile.
End of story. Wow. Here is uh, Carl Higby talking with uh, Representative Doug Collins about Biden's incompetency. This is a complete dereliction of duty. This is something that has made, it's put us all at risk. For anyone who went through Afghanistan, we saw this, you, Carl, you mentioned this earlier about uh, Iraq. This is the, the I've, I've said this before, this is the, uh, the third term of the Obama administration, full of the same incompetence that we saw in the first eight years. It's just been magnified in the first six months because truly Joe Biden is not in control of what he does. He is trying to please everybody and the rest are, are taking control. And then when you have weak leadership at the Pentagon, Austin and Milley, who are more concerned about vaccines, wokeness, and everything else they can except military readiness, this is what you get. This could have been predicted. And it right. was predicted, by the way, and they just chose to ignore it. And, and it's just sad because now we don't know exactly what they do have because we didn't take care of what we should have done. Eric Bowling talked to uh, Jack Carr. He is an ex-Navy SEAL sniper about uh, Joe Biden's screw-up in Afghanistan. I uh, just watched the, the president's briefing, just watched the briefing from the Pentagon. Um, and to have the president stand up there and say that there are no national interests in Afghanistan um, as one of his main talking points, what is message did that send to those, not just those who served, but the families of those who didn't come home? who lost a child, lost a, a lost a, a mother, a father, lost a brother, a sister uh, downrange. Um, was that, when did we stop having that national interest? Was it uh, a couple months in uh, after 9-11? Was it after we got Osama bin Laden? Was, was it last Friday? Um, so that, that struck me as, uh, as very odd to, to want to highlight in a, at a time like this. But so many things have gone wrong from, uh, well, from September 11th onward, but let's just talk from over the last few months and what we're seeing transpire over the weekend and through through this week. We had 20 years to prepare for this moment, yeah. 20 years. And let's just say, okay, we had a few months to prepare for this exact scenario that we're seeing play out right now. And this was the best we could do. This It seems like we could not have done this any worse. Have we, we've been actively trying to do the worst job we possibly could. In 20 years, an organization called Fisher House was created for people coming back from the Middle East uh, who'd been severely injured, warriors. I've been involved with a bunch of different fundraisers when I was in Washington, D.C. for Fisher House. Fisher House is uh, a house where people can, uh, relatives can stay without charge while they're uh, while their soldiers are being rehabilitated and their lives being saved. That's another part of this legacy that's being flushed down the toilet by the president. Here's some more uh, with uh, Jack Carr, the ex-sniper. Well, when I heard the chairman of the Joint Chiefs say that on Wednesday in the briefing that we didn't have the what the capability or capacity to go out and uh, rescue American citizens in Kabul, um, I mean, I thought... Right now, we've got special forces from England and France. They are evacuating their citizens. In fact, England has stepped up and saved some of ours. Wow. Over the last 20 years, we have become uh, the best at doing just that those kind of operations. Um, and I would be shocked if we, since then, we haven't moved the right forces into place to be able to start figuring out where these American citizens are, one, which we should have known prior to this, but let's, okay, we didn't. Well, now we need to find out where they are and we need to start going out to get them. So once again, our guys are on the ground figuring that out right now and getting ready, I would, I would guess, to go extract these people and bring them back to the airport. But uh, that we didn't know where they were before last Friday, yeah. uh, it's just, it, it's incredible to me. That, yeah, that yeah, this level- yeah, yeah. It's uh, unbelievable. A police chief blindfolded before being machined gunned, villagers tortured to death, and a journal- journalist's family killed. 
carnage in Afghanistan shows uh, Warlord's new image for the sham it is. Footage was shown of uh, General Haj Mullah Akazi, police chief of Bagas province near Herat, being gunned down over the weekend. He was reported to have been arrested by the Taliban after they seized the area. The Taliban had promised there would be no acts of vengeance against former enemies. But uh, none of that was true because you can't believe them ever, ever, ever. Guys, you can't. Anybody who was an adult on 2001 who paid attention knew that. Knew that. Unbelievable. The media kind of hitting back a little bit. I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm sure the butt-kissing will continue. Here's an ABC News report about the disaster that is Biden's Afghan pullout. This remains very much a disaster. And one of the contributing factors here is when you listen to the president, he is saying things that simply uh, do not comport with the reality that we are seeing with our own eyes, that you hear uh, uh, Ian Panel describing, for instance. Uh, When he says that every American can get to that airport, there hasn't been an issue with that. Uh, That doesn't comport with the reality that you heard Ian. In other words, it's a lie. Describe. It also doesn't comport with the reality that the State Department has been uh, issuing in in guidance that we have seen uh, uh, from the State Department to Americans uh, in Afghanistan, uh, encouraging people uh, to make the trip to the airport to be evacuated. But even in the State Department's guidance, this is a cable that went out uh, just on Wednesday, the United States government cannot ensure safe passage to the Hamid Karzai International Airport. So the State Department is telling Americans that they cannot guarantee their safe passage uh, uh, to the airport. And you heard from the president today that we don't... Then why'd you pull the military out? ...even know how many Americans are in Afghanistan right now. So how can the president say that there isn't an issue getting Americans uh, safely to the airport? And then the other thing, David, uh, when, when the president said there have been no question from our allies, that our allies have been united on this. Um, no, that's not exactly correct either. I mean, we saw... Uh, in the last few days, the, the British defense minister literally in tears, breaking back tears, talking about how the, the West looks weak in all of this and the fear of terrorism. going. Unbelievable. Here's the guy who killed Osama bin Laden, uh, Rob O'Neill, on Newsmax Friday talking about uh, uh, Joe Biden and what he's done to Gold Star families and to veterans and those who died on the soil of Afghanistan. I love talking to... Uh Combat veterans who have fought and dealt with this enemy and realized how tough we actually are Normal. when we fight them, how we beat them every single time we fight them. But we get politicians and lawyers involved, and then we go ahead and just not even lose the fight, but embarrassingly lose the fight. They're making us look like um, that, that, that one big kid at high school who was tough, um, but no one will let him fight, so he looks like an idiot. That's 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 who we are. We're, we're the American idiots right now. And it's just sad because they're saying right now, uh, yeah, definitely try to get to the airport, but we, we don't know if we can defend you. Guess what? Yes, we can. We can defend you. I can do it from here. I can call Marines, tell them where to go. They'll go. And, oh, what's weird is uh, what Marines do is they bring a friend. They bring a gun, and they bring a friend with a gun. Love it. Th- that's what they do, and that's what we do, and we're just going to sit here like a it, it, it's so frustrating. It's it's just it feels so gross. It feels so sad. It's it just a, it, it's like what, what do we waste everything for? Thank and, you. and we have our Afghan Afghan allies who are over there right now. Not, I mean, not even begging for their lives, but throwing their children over barbed wire fences because they know what's coming, and it's coming with a, a, a Taliban brutal son of a bitch and a knife. That's what's coming. Wow. I want to end with a uh, a victory. Okay, a victory happened 
last week in Colorado. A black father delivered a stirring speech denouncing critical race theory during a, a school board meeting last week. He got a standing ovation, and the school district voted to ban critical race theory. His name is Derek Wilburn. He is the descendant of slaves. Listen to what he has to say, guys. I am the direct descendant of the North American slave trade. Both my parents are black. All four of my grandparents are black. All eight of my great-great-grandparents, all 16 of my great-greats. On my mother's side, my ancestors were enslaved in Alabama. On my father's side, we were enslaved in Texas. I am not oppressed. I'm not oppressed, and I'm not a victim. I'm neither oppressed nor a victim. I travel all across this country of ours, and I check into hotels, and I fly commercially, and I walk into retail. Now, for those of you who cannot see the video of this, all of the people in the room stood and they remain standing as this man speaks. Establishments, and I order food in restaurants. I go wherever I want, whenever I want. I am treated with kindness, dignity, and respect, literally from coast to coast. I have three, because we're not a racist country. Three children. They are not oppressed either, although they are victims. I've taught my children they are victims of three things. Listen to this. Their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own poor decision making. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> As children, we are not victims of America. We are not victims of some unseen 190-year-old force that kind of floats around in the ether. <laughs> Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is taking our nation in the wrong direction. Yes. Racism in America would by and large be dead today if it were not for certain people and institutions keeping it on life support. Democrats, thank you very much. And sadly, sadly, very sadly, one of those institutions is the American education system. I can think of nothing more damaging to a society than to tell a baby born today that she has grievances against another baby born today Wow. Simply because of what their ancestors may have done two centuries ago. Wow. There is simply no point in doing that to our children. And putting critical race theory into our classrooms in part does that. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is not combating racism. It's fanning the flames of what little embers are left. Wow. I encourage you to support this resolution. Let racism die the death it deserves. And let's oh, man. That is epic. Wow. Just wow. Unbelievable. All right. It's, it's time for me to go, guys. I, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Massive things are happening in this country right now. We've had seven months of abuse of the country and its citizens culminating in the withdrawal of our troops from Afghanistan before our citizens were left in harm's way. We've seen seven months of bumbling, fumbling, assaults on everything good in America. We're paying more at the pump. We're paying more at the grocery store. We're having attempts to overtake the elections on the national level and upset the balance of power forever in our country. We have radical socialists and communists in power right now and a president who I don't believe should be for a variety of reasons, including questions about the election. All I can say is join the fight. 
join the fight and keep the ball rolling because unlike in places like Cuba, we have the ability to speak freely now and we still have the ability to fight back and say no. Have a glorious day, guys, and I I hope you have a glorious week and I hope you'll spend at least a little bit of it with me. God bless our troops, both living and departed. God bless our Gold Star families and the families of Americans and the people, the Americans who are in Afghanistan trapped right now, pray for their ability to leave, including our allies as well. Uh, remember Ashley Babbitt, and above all, guys, until tomorrow, do not, do not catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.